Please note, this episode contains graphic descriptions of violence, domestic abuse, and discussions about incest. Listener discretion is advised. New York City, 1998. The former ballerina and socialite Irene Silverman has gone missing. As police begin the investigation, there's no way they could predict the intricate and twisted tale that would come out of it. Hey, have you heard about Sante and Kenny Kimes? Hello everyone, welcome back to Hey Have You Heard About? As always, I'm your host Maddie, and joining me today is my dear friend Blair. Hello! Yay, hello! Okay, so Blair, this is your first time on the podcast. Yeah. And we have a very interesting story today. There's a lot of drama to do with this story. It's a very dramatic story. Oh, great. But we'll get into that later. Um, First of all, I don't know if you guys know about our merch store it's pretty cool. We have some cute stuff. We have a ton of shirts, uh, hoodies, you know, sweatshirts, stickers, all that sort of stuff. I actually got a new notebook for the podcast. This is the last episode where I'll be able to use this notebook. So I got a new notebook and put some, hey, have you heard about stickers on there? So that's really cool. Super cute stuff. Um, All the proceeds from the merch store go straight to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. If you don't know who they are, they're a group, a nonprofit group that helps find missing kids or helps kids who are in very bad like home life situations so very important that we support them they're great um each month i donate the merch proceeds straight to them and i post about it on the twitter so yeah check it out we also have a patreon so this uh well currently my setup is pretty cheap um, I literally have my computer on top of a hamper. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. We're over here trying our best, y'all. But I'm trying to save up for new equipment, better microphones, all that sort of stuff. And the best way to help me do that is with the Patreon. So if y'all feel like donating, feel free. I think it's as low as $1 a month. We'll get you access to episodes a day early. So if you're into that, head on over to the Patreon. Um if you're new here, hello, welcome. Um, at Hey, Have You Heard About? We take a true crime case, we take a ghost story, we take a conspiracy theory, and we. my goal as the host is to tell it to somebody who hopefully has never heard of it before. So that's why we have Blair here today. Yeah, not, hopefully yeah. she's never heard of this one before. Yeah, probably um, not. It's kind of a recent one. It happened oh. in the 90s. Oh, okay. So it's I don't know. Uh, every person that I've talked to have said they either they either have heard of it or they haven't. Okay. So I'm very interested to see um, your take on it. Okay. Um, okay. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about some good news. Okay. So as we're recording it, it is December. Okay. Early December. It is the holiday season. Finally. Yep. We love the holidays. Um. So, Blair, I found this really cute story on goodnewsnetwork.com or doc, .net, whatever. Um, link is going to be in the description. And the title of it was, 10-year-old has been donating hundreds of pajamas and books for children spending the holidays in shelters. Oh, my God. So, this little boy, his name is Dominic, for three years, so since, he's, uh, since he was seven years old, he's been collecting pajamas, books... Uh, toothbrushes, toothpaste, you know, the essentials, and donating them to children that are escaping domestic violence. 
which I think, you know, the holidays is such a good time to sort of give back to people and to help those in need, need especially. And I think that is so super cool that this little boy was like, let's just do it. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Like, because he's like 10 years old, too. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Oh, I mean, like, the whole article really, I, I recommend reading it. It's like super sweet. But like, it talks about how he just, at a young age, recognized how much he has. And he was like, well, what about the kids that don't have it? Yeah. And so like, his main goal is to like help those children who don't have it so they can have like a good happy Christmas and so they have like new pajamas to sleep in during Christmas and they have like new books to read during Christmas and that sort of stuff which I think is it's a really good feel good story that's amazing Um, that's perfect so Dominic is from London and at this point he has donated hundreds of brand new items to women's aid and then the women's aid charities give it all to the uh, children so he the article said that he never stops campaigning he's always talking about it around the year he's always asking people to donate or i went he has a website which i will also link in the description it's called domspajamas.co.uk okay so you can go there and there's a donate button you can donate of course pounds because it's uk yeah yeah but you can donate there or he has an Amazon wish list, and if you buy something from the Amazon wish list, that will go into the donation pile as well. That is so cool. So it's super, super cool. But he, like, he does this year round, but he also does a bunch of cool things. Like, um, they gave an example of he designs shirts that spread the word about plastic pollution. Oh. And then he takes all of the money he makes from that and donates it to ocean protection charities. Wow, he just doesn't stop. He really doesn't. That's amazing. He never stops. He's an inspiration. I mean, really, like, I just love stories like this because, like, young people nowadays, I feel a little, like, we're somewhat discouraged, you know, because it's like, oh, the world is, like, not good. Yeah. But, like, I think it's kids like Dominic who are sort of out there and, like, actually making a difference and i think they deserve to be recognized for sure definitely super super cool yeah thanks Um, for telling me about this of course i know it's a good holiday (laughs) season right before we get into the spooky stuff oh oh, wait that's Uh, why i'm here (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so he he says that his main goal with this project is to help other children like encourage them to use their voice and to sort of stand up for what they believe in and i think he's definitely doing a really good job of that so again if this story sort of touches your heart definitely check out the article as well as his website where you can donate help some kids have a really good christmas um or you know hanukkah or whatever holiday they celebrate uh so that's going to be domspajamas.co.uk and again the link is going to be in the description that's awesome. I'm definitely going to check out the Amazon thing. That's yes, really cool. feel free. It, they have some cute stuff on there. Really? Okay. Really cute. Really cute stuff. Okay. So, enough good news. <laughs> oh, Lord. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So, when I, I, when I started out um, researching this, I did not expect it to become as complicated as it is oh my favorite kinds of stories. <laughs> <laughs> i know i figured you'd enjoy it um so the ooh, okay so i'll i'll kind of spoil it right now it is a pair of people a pair of people. a pair of people and that's a spoiler yes it's a little spoiler okay okay right. so these two characters are very interesting and i think the reason the case is 
kind of semi-famous is because of how interesting they are as people. And we'll get into that for sure. But there have been books. There has been a TV movie made about them. What? There's been a whole... Like, they, for a while, were pretty much celebrities in the criminal community, Whoa. I guess. How famous you can be in the... I know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, okay. So, Blair... Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Sante and Kenny Kimes? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really. I, little thing. I'm not really into true crime. Uh-huh. Like, so, <laughs> so really, you can sit me down and tell me any story, mm-hmm. and I would have no idea. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Well, Sante and Kenny Kimes were a mother and son duo in oh. the 90s, and we'll get more in detail, and we'll get more into that later. Um, but first, we're going to talk about their background a little bit. So, Sante was born Sante Singers. Um, she was born on a farm in Oklahoma City, July 24th, 1934. Okay. So she was a third child to, and I'm going to say this wrong, um, Prama and Mary Singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, her father was East Indian and her mother was Dutch. Oh, okay. And at a time, at this time especially, that was really looked down upon yeah i was thinking yeah very much a no-no in society during this time um but her father and mother met in the 1920s at a state fair where her father was performing in a magic show and it was sort of like love at first sight they fell in love it was like oh touching and um mary singer she was mary something before she was singer but (laughs) she was mary singer eventually uh her father was like no yeah. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so they sort of ran away from home and got married a few weeks after they met. So they, after that, they bought a farm and they started a family. And it was super cute. It was, of course, Sante was the third. She had an older brother, an older sister, and a younger sister as well. See, why couldn't it just stay like that? Why couldn't it just stay <laughs> cute? Like, like, that's adorable. It would have been so much better if it had stayed cute, but unfortunately, <laughs> it did not. Oh. Um, her father died when she was six years old, oh. and it was... I So I watched an interview where Sante's younger sister sort of came forward and talked about Sante's life, which is how we know so much about it, because her younger sister told yeah. us about it. Um, she said that their mother were uh, was very passive and very fearful of the world. So when her husband died, it was kind of like, ooh, you know, like, what Yikes. do I do now? Yeah. Um, so her mother started to work full time, and that left the older children to look after the youngsters, pretty oh, much. Okay. So Sante had an older brother, Kareem, and to her, like, he was everything. He, like, showered her with affection and, like, paid close attention to her, gave her a lot of attention, all that sort of stuff. Um, The sister mentioned that sometimes it got a little bit weird with the affection. Oh, no. Nothing, like, terrible, terrible, but just they were very, very close in a very strange way sometimes. Yeah. Like, close as in, like, it was like they could sort of, I guess, they just knew each other really well. They were on the same wavelength. But it, like, wasn't, like, a like a regular sibling dynamic it was like intense yeah really close Got it. So really it close weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah okay. it was kind of off-putting is what the sister said and i wish i could remember the younger sister's name unfortunately i can't but the documentary is gonna be in the description um the problem with that was the brother was also very violent oh no so he would hit his mother 
And eventually he stole her wedding ring and left the farm and never came back. Oh, no. Yeah, so he was not the best influence on oh. Sante. Um, so eventually the older sister of Sante also left when she decided that she could not handle living there anymore. So that left Sante to take care of her younger sister. And her younger sister uh, said that during this time period, she remembers that they would play this game that Sante made up. And Sante would say, it's time for fire. And she would take matches and try to burn her sister. Whoa. So it's, start, it's starting, it, it, you see, like, well, yeah, the issue. She's got, she's got the grief from losing mm-hmm. her father. Yeah. She's got abandonment mm-hmm. from those who were supposed to take care of her. Like, not just her mother, but also her, you know, her brother she loved dearly mm-hmm. and her other sister. Right. Uh, although, that's a lot of pressure. How old was she? I want to say she was just getting into, like, maybe 10 years old, 11. Dear God. Yeah. yeah. See, that's a lot to put on somebody. Yeah. Not that I condone burning your siblings of with course matches, not. but that... <laughs> but I it is kinda, a lot, you know? Yeah. It is a lot she's got to deal with. Um, Not only that, and this is where it gets kind of interesting, because as someone who has looked into true crime and, like, the sort of... um beginnings of people who eventually become you know like ted bundy and such Mm. um she also began to torture the farm animals which is something we don't see in females most of the time yeah i know that that's i don't know much but i know that's a Mm -hmm. trigger like a little thing you see it um usually one of the signs for uh violent behavior when looking into the background of like people like serial killers or mass murderers or such um hurting animals harming animals is probably one of the top tier and we've talked about it before you know i think hh holmes did something like that yeah i'm pretty sure yes okay yes he did (laughs) i remember now it's been a few months um but yeah i mean to me that was very interesting because like i said we don't really see that in females yeah that is interesting um so her her sister made the the statement and i'm quoting here um, my sister enjoyed hurting living things. So I think that's definitely wow. an important thing to keep in mind as we move into the story, for yeah. sure. Oh, um, okay. So eventually, the mom was like, God, it's really hard to live here in Oklahoma City. Let's go to California. Oh. So they went to California. <laughs> Logical. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so they went to California. Um, and according to the sister, Sante's behavior did not change. Uh, She stayed very violent. The mother was very frightened. Mary was frightened. Um, According to the sister, Sante would have two or three rages a day when she didn't get what she wanted. So she's very spoiled, very privileged. Wow. Very just like entitled, pretty much, is kind of the vibe that we're getting. What a combo we Mm -hmm, have here. mm -hmm. There's a lot of of things. Sante is very complex. Yeah. Um, Okay. So... At 12 years old, Sante made friends with some, a local couple that lived down the street from them um, in California. And they were like, oh, she's a darling. She's so sweet. Of course, she was sweet around them. Yeah. I saw your look. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, she was sweet around strangers. um, How old was she at this age? 12. 12. 12. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So they were like, she's adorable. She's so sweet. We can't adopt you, but 
um, we have a family who are friends of ours who like to adopt children um, in perilous situations. And you could kind of say that Sante was in a sort of a bad situation. Her mother was very poor. They were living, I think, rent-free above um, a shop in a very bad part of town. So they were like, okay, we got to take Sante out of here because she's very sweet and cute. And Sante was like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> um, so she was eventually adopted by this couple and she moved to Carson City, Nevada with her new family. And according to her sister, after Sante finally left, her uh, she and her mother danced. Wow. Which is a big oof that i think that's wow yeah that's mm-hmm. pretty intense that i mean that right there tells you exactly how sante was as a child just yeah. to have her mother and sister blood relatives dancing because she's gone, gone. yeah <laughs> dang mm-hmm. um so that was the sort of the last time the mother and sister are mentioned in this story so don't worry the sister did go on to do good things and she's doing good now she's doing good Good. but well she's still alive but she's she was doing good at the time of the interview i watched um i don't know when the mother died but i'm sure she died peacefully compared (laughs) to what her life had been yeah um okay so back to sante her new family was very affluent and they were always invited to things uh you know so this was a huge change for Sante. She finally is in a position where she could literally get anything she wanted because her family is rich. Oh, boy. So she's like, ooh, look at me. Uh, she changed her name to Sandy Chambers. They, the Chambers was the family's last okay. name. Uh, and she embraced the rich life. So she, you know, got anything she wanted. She dressed in the latest fashion. She always had her hair done, always mm-hmm. looked good. I forgot to mention she, because her father was East Indian, she also had very olive colored skin. Yeah. So she would take white powder and cover her skin with it so she could sort of blend in oh, and like wow. be friends with people during this time period. That's another thing you had, like you had to factor in as well. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, but unfortunately, as to be expected... Um, she still sort of continued to hurt children with fire. Um, there was one account where a a childhood friend of hers, not friend really, but he said that she like stuck a match between his toes and lit it and just sort of let it go, which is pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. So she's just continuing to be, you know, a little bit of a pill. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, a little bit of a pill. Um, okay, so when she was 16 years old, so she's been with the family for four years now, she was arrested for stealing lipstick even though she could afford it. So Aww. this is something that will continue throughout the rest of her life is this, I can afford it, but like, can I get away with this? That's true. You know? Still trying to get attention. Exactly, exactly. So like the the violence sort of changed into this, like how far can I push the law pretty much okay is sort of what she did so she didn't hurt people as much anymore she kind of moved into that right yes which it's still bad but in a way that's better yeah an outlet Mm -hmm. to try to harm you know like not harming right right yeah it's not as intense it's more harming her image rather than harming other people um which she didn't seem to really care about that but like Mm. we'll get into that later (laughs) um Okay, so she eventually graduated high school, bless her heart, 
Congratulations, I guess. <laughs> um, and then she moved back to California where she met a man named Lee Powers. Now, Lee was, I think he was in military training at the time. I'm trying to remember what branch. I can't quite remember. But he was, like, tra- in training. Um, she was really into him. He was not totally into her Ooh. very much. But um, she was like, I'm sneaky. I'm a pretty woman. <laughs> it's 1956. <laughs> if I pretend that I'm pregnant, he's got to marry me. No. So she did. Oh, my God. She did. Listen, Sante, <laughs> if she was not the mastermind, evil mastermind, you know, Yzma character that she is, <laughs> I think she would be an icon, sort she, of. I mean. Low key. Wow. If she was not, uh, I'm not saying that she is because she's a horrible person, but if it had turned out better, yeah. she would have been sassy that, and here, you know? I mean, wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She pretended that she was pregnant and tricked him into marrying her. Wow. And then a few months later, she was like, guess what? Oh. I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I tricked you. And he's like, Lee's like, well, we're here. <laughs> It's, I mean, he just left it. He was it's like, okay. 1956. Exactly. <laughs> it's 1956. What can we do? <laughs> um, so Sante did decide what she could do, though, because she lost interest in her husband and left him. Of course. Less than a year later. Of course she mm-hmm. did. Of course. It was all about the chase. Exactly. She decided that he could not provide for her how she wanted to. And she was like, mm, bye. <laughs> and literally left him in California. Keep in mind, this was like... Six months after leaving her first husband, okay, she contacted an old boyfriend of hers named Ed Walker and was like, hey, Ed, do you want to get married? And oh. Ed was like, sure. <laughs> you just hasn't talked to this Absolutely. person in years. Yeah, exactly. Hey, want to get married? I mean, yeah, I, you know. sure. So they did. They got married less than six months after she left her first husband. Um, Walker was kind of more affluent. He had a lot of money. Um, he built homes in like the Sacramento area, which they where they eventually moved. Um, so Sante was rich, but she wanted more. Of so course. Sante, being Sante, decided to bring fire into the picture, oh. and developments started to burn down. <gasps> mm-hmm. No. So a lot of houses that Ed Walker, her husband, had built, began to spontaneously catch fire in the middle of the night. And Sante would be the one to collect the insurance money. What? Uh huh. Listen. What? Honey had it going for a while there. Oh my she, god. She she calculated every move, and she was like, "I know exactly what to do. I have the plan, pretty much." Wow. I mean, like, yeah, that is a wow. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand how some people's minds can just work like this. I, I mean, I have no idea. Sante is very much an interesting character because studying her childhood, you think it's going to go one way, and then it very much goes kind of the opposite, like, manipulative... Man, ugh, gosh, I can't talk. <laughs> Manipulator way. Yeah. You know, you expect her to sort of be out there sort of doing stuff, but rather she's sort of behind the scenes, like, keeping it low-key, you like, know? wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, 
wow. <laughs> I'm like, she's so complex. Like, I did not think that this story was going to happen. Like, like you said, I thought it was going to uh-huh. go a completely different way. Like, you know, she kind of had, like, that uh, turning point that, like, protagonists or antagonists have. Yeah. I thought she was going to be like, make something of myself. But mm-hmm. really, she just, like, went total villain. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'm going to make it. She's like Cruella de Vil. Yes. Look, if you look at a picture of her and, like, pretend to, like, Cruella de Vil didn't have white hair, too, I think they look the same. Okay, wait. I want to look it up. Okay, so... You can keep talking. For those of you at home, Sante is spelled S-A-N-T-E. Okay, Sante... uh, Kimes. Oh, it's the first thing that popped Mm -hmm. up. I won't look up anything. Describe her for us as we we journey into this adventure. Let's see. Oh, Sante Kimes, American criminal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's her. Okay, so she is a very... This is a picture of her as an adult. It's like the first thing that pops up. She's a very pretty woman. Um, like you, like you can tell the olive skin. She's mm-hmm. got the dark hair, and it's like kind of piled on top of her head. Mm-hmm. She, I don't know. If she's very pretty. I mean, she looks like she's she looks like she's rich. Yeah, she looks like she knows she can get what she wants. There was um at the time she would sort of use her beauty as a way to sort of start um a conversation with men because she very much resembled Elizabeth Taylor. So people were like, ooh, Sante, fancy, fancy. But to me, knowing her backstory and everything, she kind of looks like Cruella Mm -hmm. DeVille. Okay, yeah, definitely very pretty. I can definitely see how she thinks she could... It's so weird, like, when you were talking about that, I kind of just pictured, like, her standing watching the house burn and, like, the fire, <laughs> the fire's dancing in her eyes. She's like, oh, yes. And she's got this smile on we her face. got this money now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, she was very crafty. Not only that, at this time, she was also having affairs with a ton of men in the community Good and using Lord. her sexuality to get more money from them, pretty Good much. Lord. So she would, you know... Meet with them on the side, maybe steal a few dollars. <laughs> you know, you know how it is, ladies. It's the 1950s. <laughs> it is the 1950s. We gotta do what you gotta do. Yep. Um, so that's what she was kind of doing. And then in 1962, she gave birth to her very first child. His name was Kent. Um, okay. God bless his heart. Wherever he is, Kent. Oh, wow. Bless your heart. Yeah. He has nothing to do with this, but okay. bless his heart. For real. Wow. Okay. So, uh, 1967, she was like, I'm tired of you, Walker. This burning down things scheme is not working as well anymore. <laughs> Let's just put a pause on it. And by pause, I mean end it. <laughs> so, she divorced uh, Ed Walker uh, in 1967. Wow. And then, so Sante, as we all do, in the, as women do in the 1950s, 60s you know <laughs> you remember that time yeah i was there um we read magazines oh yes and sante subscribed to particular magazines about rich people and she read one day in one of these magazines that there was a millionaire named kenneth kimes who just divorced his wife or maybe no no no. she might have died i think she died actually so she just died mm. so sante was like hmm <laughs> let's make it work oh <laughs> So she moved to where Kenneth Kimes' house was, and she literally threw herself at him, would see him every day, sort wait, of wait, just like... Wait, back up to the first part. She okay. moved to where... She-, she moved to where he lived. Oh, my God. And she was like dressed up to the nines, Elizabeth Taylor on fleek. Oh, wow. Like out here doing her best. <laughs> you know, she basically pretty much stalked him. Yeah. Until he was like, oh, okay, you're kind of cute. 
yeah. you know, let's see what happens. She's hitting all the crazy exactly. points. Like every, exactly. Like, I mean, we got all across the board. The we board got, is lit up right now. Yeah, we have sociopathic tendencies. Uh-huh, we have uh-huh, kleptomania. Uh-huh, we have arson. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have stalking. Yep. Like what? what's next? Sante is complex. I told you this story was just so much. It's so much. Um, so, yeah, she was like, hey, Kenneth, let me lay it out for you. I'm hot. And it's the 60s. And I need money. And Kenneth is like, <laughs> okay, but I'm not going to marry you. Oh. So. She's like, fine with me. Yeah, she's like, totally fine as long as I can get your wealth somehow. All right. And he's like, okay. So the reason that um, he did not want to marry her was because he had two other children from previous marriages. And he wanted all his money to go to them after he passed away. Ah. So he never, ever revised his will, and that's important to keep in mind as we move okay. forward. He never revised his will to include Sante. Okay. All right. So in 1971, Sante moved in with Kenneth, and four years later in 1975, that is four years later, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Wait, what? I was doing the math. Okay. Yeah. I like to talk out loud. I'm sorry. No, no, I can't um, do math. In 1975, <laughs> okay. uh, Kenny Kimes was born. Okay. So Kenny is her son, little baby boy, uh-huh. Kenny. Um, at this time, they also moved to Hawaii. And here's where the story gets kind of... Just to We're adding another level. Oh, God. We're adding another level to the story. So this, I'm going to tell it in the way that this, um, someone they interviewed sort of told it. It was very funny. Okay. It's not funny, but it was oh. funny, her delivery. So she was like... She also lived in Hawaii. She was friends with the Kimeses. This was on the documentary I watched. Oh, wow. And she said that she went over one day and there were all these really well-behaved, obedient maids and, you know, sort of like house people and just like, you know, they were just super quiet, took orders very well, all that sort of stuff. Okay. Servants, basically. And she was like, Sante, like, where do you get all these, you know, amazing people to work for you? And Sante was like, oh, honey. When we're better friends, I will tell you. So you know when you hear that, that's kind of, hmm. You know, that makes you pause a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you where she got them from. Oh. So Sante would go to Mexico, and she would say, find men and women, young men and women, who were trying to find, like, better, a better life in the U.S. Yeah. And she would say, come work for me. You'll get paid a lot. You'll be able to send money back to your family, all that sort of stuff. Okay. That did not happen. Oh. So Sante would bring them back. She'd hire them, quote unquote. She would not pay them. She, at one point, um, there was one point where she would beat them with hot irons. No. And coat hangers. And they were never allowed to leave the house. Oh, my God. So this is straight up slavery, y'all. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kenneth Kimes, her not husband, was also aware of this, and he did nothing to stop her. So this is where the violence sort of sneaks back into her life. Yeah. But it was just at the time, it was very much like, hmm. And this is what sort of put Sante on the radar, as we'll see uh, moving forward. So... Obviously, Sante is very much not a good woman. Yeah. Um, and that not a good woman sort of ness also moved on to Kenny, who, of course, was not a woman. But um, 
Sante made it a point to not teach Kenny any morals. Oh. So she very much told him it's okay to lie if it's necessary. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh. So um, there was the teacher. A teacher of Kenny's was interviewed in the documentary, and she said one day she read one of Aesop's fables to him, and he went in and told her, or he went in and he went in and told his parents about how he was never going to lie again because it was bad. And Sante took the teacher and went up and told her, like in a private room, that she was never allowed to teach morals to her son ever again. She was like, "You can teach him whatever else, but do not teach him morals. We are going to take care of his morals." That Whoa. sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Take care of it by not giving him any. Exactly. That yes. is, that's, that's some, mm-hmm. that, doesn't that kind of count as some sort of abuse, do you think? I think so. I feel like that counts. Personally, I think so. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to teach your children important fundamentals, like, don't do bad things. Yeah. That's kind of a problem, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of a problem. That's really bad. But also, mm-hmm. consider who his mother is. Exactly. You can't really teach what you don't know about. Exactly. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah. You're getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in 1979, they moved back to California. And Kenny, at this point, was sort of, like, lavished and spoiled by Sante. Her older son, uh, Kent, actually stayed in Hawaii because he was 17 at the time, so he could live on his own. Yeah. He very much did not want to be related or in association with his mother anymore. Yeah, understandably. So he was like, I'm tired of this. <laughs> this is dumb. Yeah. So he stayed in Hawaii, got married, lived a good life for the most part, it seems. Um, but Kenny was very much spoiled by Sante, and so he sort of learned to, you know, rely on her and trusted her most of all out of the entire family like she barely okay. left him alone oh. pretty much yikes yeah so we have like a Bates Motel kind of situation exactly oh. exactly <laughs> um that's very much what I thought of when I was researching this yeah yeah so in 1985 Sante was finally arrested for the slavery thing <laughs> okay. um a slave slash servant well, let's just call them slaves. That's what they actually were. Yeah. Um, they ran away and they went to the FBI headquarters and was like, hey, you know, <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. And so that's what eventually got her arrested. Uh, I think Kenneth went on probation. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't get a lot of punishment, mm. I think. Um, but Sante was arrested and she was sent to jail. She was sentenced to five years mm-hmm. in jail, which... I think she should have been sentenced to more. Yeah, five years but... for beating and mutilating mm-hmm. people. Well, not mutilating, just kind of like, just beating them pretty much. Okay, just w- slavery charges and yeah. things like that. Oh, that's so Which dumb. is still very, very bad. Yeah. But like, I mean, she should not have gotten five years. Yeah. Pretty much. No. Um, so when she was sent to jail, Kenny finally became a quote unquote normal child, and he goes on the record saying that that was the happiest time in his life when his mother was in jail. Um, So he got really close to his father. He actually stopped being homeschooled and he actually went to high school and made friends. You know, he was just living his best life and he would visit his mom, I think, every week or every month. I can't quite remember. But for the most part, he was sort of free and able to think for himself and learn for himself and all that kind of good growing upness. And like, I think... When she went in, he was, 
I want to say middle school age-ish. Okay. And then when she got out, he was around high school, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. Just going into high school, maybe. Yeah. So speaking of getting out, um, Sante got out of jail after three years. What? For good behavior. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course she would. <laughs> I did not. Ugh. Of course. Of course. Sante. Um, so at this time, after she got out, she vowed to never get caught again. <laughs> not to not to not do anything wrong, mm-hmm. just to not get caught. Exactly. She wow. was like, I didn't enjoy that. We're not going to do it again. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so that's sort of when the control began again. Kenny said that he felt very oppressed, very upset, very angry at the time, to the point where he made a plan to try and kill his mother. Oh, mm-hmm. yikes. Big yikes. Um, which just, I think, shows you, like, how much Sante's oppression affected him, like, mentally. Yeah. Because when you're a victim of abuse, you don't want to go back into that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely a case there where it was sort of, like, fight or flight instinct. Yeah, trying to survive. Exactly. Wow. Um, Kenny did not end up attempting to kill his mother. Well, he... he at one point, I think he tried to choke her, but it didn't work out for some reason. Oh. You know, you know how it does. It doesn't work out <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Um, so that was as far as that went. Uh, so now it's the 90s. <laughs> 1993, y'all. Good Lord. Here we go, 1993. Uh, Kenny enrolled in the University of California at Santa Barbara. He was living his best life, doing freshman things. We all know. Yeah. We all know what freshman things are. We're having yeah. a good time. <laughs> Unfortunately, at the end of freshman year, his father died. Oh, yeah. no. Well, to be fair, his father was extremely much older than um, Sante was. Okay. So it was kind of to be expected. Yeah. He died of old age. Yeah. You know, um, but this was a huge blow to Kenny personally because he had gotten very close with his father wow. uh, when Sante was in prison. Um, this also meant that Sante was all he had left, pretty much, family-wise, which is not good. Not great. Not good. Not ideal. So, um, he ended up dropping out of college, and he lived with his mom, and around this time, he also started his own business, which I can't, I, I couldn't find the name of it, but basically they would, he would sell Cuban cigars over the internet. Oh. <laughs> and uh, which sounds very, very chic. Very niche very market. Very niche market, yes. I guess. Um, so he did that. <laughs> and he would tell his friends, like, you know, he had to go to Cuba for these cigars, right? So he'd tell his friends, he'd be like, oh, man, like, Cuba, weird things happen over there, man. And, like, I'm into it, you know? Like, oh. criminal things, you know? Oh. Criminal things. Criminal things. Um. <laughs> So he would sort of like do back alley deals for these cigars pretty much. And that's what he told his friends. And his friends commented in the documentary like there was something weird. Like he was changing pretty much. He was getting more manipulative and sneaky. Oh, no. Sort of like Miss Sante. No. You know? So um, when Kenneth died, of course, like I said, he had not changed his will. So this became a problem Yikes. because Sante and Kenny were not in the will. Mm. And so they didn't get any money. Oh. And Sante was like, no, ma'am. Oh, no. That's not going to happen. So she and Kenny came up with a plan to sort of get as much money as they could before it was distributed to Kenneth's um, children. 
Okay. So September 1996, they went to the Bahamas to secretly withdraw money from an offshore account that they knew Kenneth had. Now, this is when it gets... We're getting to the meat of the story, to what they actually did. What? This is this has been built up <laughs> until this point? We're getting to the meat of the story. Oh Here we go. So, so while they were in the Bahamas, there was a bank auditor who was aware that they were trying to sort of steal money from, mm. his, from Kenneth's children. So they were like, hmm, we can't have this guy know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We got to do something about it. So... <laughs> According to sources, eyewitnesses, um, the bank auditor went in and had dinner with them, and then he was never seen again. <gasps> Which, listen, PSA. Okay. If you think people are doing sneaky things, don't go to dinner with them. That's what I'm thinking. Don't go to dinner with sneaky people. Why would you do that? You're in their home base. You exactly. could die in so many exactly. ways. Exactly. We don't don't go to dinner with sneaky people. They went up they went out to a restaurant in the Bahamas. They left and then he was never seen again. Oh my god. Don't go to dinner with sneaky people. <laughs> I'm going to make a hat that says it. Oh. Check that, it out on the store. Yeah. Check it out at <laughs> the merch store. Mm-hmm. Link in the description. Exactly. <laughs> That's actually a really good idea. I would get a hat or like a t-shirt Me with that too. on it. I don't really go to dinner with sneaky people. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. So Yes, yeah, so he went to dinner with sneaky people, and uh, he went missing, as you do. But here's the kicker. Sante and Kenny left the Bahamas without even getting a dime. So it was all for nothing. Whoa. All for nothing. Wow. No point to it whatsoever. Mm. Um, yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. So then we're flashing forward to 1998. Oh, the year I was born. Me too. Woo. Woo. Here we are. <laughs> Crime. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so January 31st, 1998, a fire broke out at the Kimes' house. They were still staying there, of course. The I think the children of Kenneth were like, we're not going to make you homeless. Yeah. You know, you can stay here. It's fine. So Sante was like, mm-hmm. thank you. Oh, no, it's on fire. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. What are we going to do? So the house catches on fire. And when police went to investigate what was up, they realized that the deed had been transferred to this guy named David Kasdan. David Kasdan was a friend of the Kimeses um, at the time. Um, So the house had been in Kasdan's name. It had just been transferred to him a few days prior. And then a loan was taken out in his name. So Kasdan gets a bill in the mail saying he owes like, I want to say around $25,000, something like that, 2500000 something, something big. Oh. So he's like, hmm, this is odd. Yeah. So he contacts the first sneaky person he knows, which is Sante, <laughs> of course. And he's like, what is up? What is going on? Like, why would you do this without consulting me? And Sante was like, what do you mean? And he was like... Well, you're stealing money from me because you're taking loan out and like, what am I supposed to do? And Sante was like, I have an idea. But she didn't say that to him because he can't know. So um, later on in March of that same year, unfortunately, Kasdan's body was found in a dumpster near the airport. Oh, that's why he couldn't know about her that's idea. That's why he couldn't know about her idea. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so there was not enough evidence to make the arrest. So police were kind of baffled. Like they knew, kind of knew that it was probably Sante and Kenny. 
I don't know how. I guess they had sort of gotten into more trouble for stealing things. Yeah. And so, like, they knew that Kasdan was also really close to the Kimes. So, like, I guess they could kind of guess, but there was not enough evidence for them to actually make an arrest. Like, I just don't understand. This is 1998. Mm -hmm. How did they get away with so much? They're sneaky people. Oh, my God. I don't know, man. They they have, like, luck. Mm -hmm. Like, this weird Mm -hmm. criminal evil luck. Exactly. Um, so they left L.A. at this point. And this is, um... Where I kind of want to tease something. This technically would have happened, I think, back in 1995. But they obviously were active going around the country and stuff. Mm -hmm. So there is a case that happened, I think, in 1995 where a rich woman went missing. Okay. Um, And as I dug more into this, thinking it was a connection, it turned out they had probably nothing to do with it. But... It was interesting enough to where it's going to be our next episode. Oh. So definitely keep an eye out for that. January of 2020. That'll be coming mm-hmm. out. The Kimes, which is also kind of why I wanted to introduce them first, because I was going to switch it. Okay. But I decided we should introduce the Kimes before we introduce our other friend. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. So obviously they've been moving around the country. She, it is a she, she sort of was happening with this this lady, things were happening to her sort of at the same time the Kimes were uh-huh. happening. So people think that they were related, but turns out they were not. But oh. I, I did want to mention it for yeah. a little teaser. Yeah, so tune in. January tune 2020, in. New Year, New exactly. Crime. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. New Year, New Crime. I like that one. Ooh. Another t-shirt Another idea. t-shirt. Perfect. Like in the description. Be a sticker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, so this is when they left LA for another time. Uh, and went to NYC because that's where everybody goes, you know? <laughs> that's where the rich people are, right? Oh, Lord. So, Sante, again, was perusing the magazines, as you do. Stop. <laughs> and she found out about Irene Silverman, who was an older woman. She was 82 years old. Aww. Her husband had just died, I think. Uh, she was a retired ballerina, and she was renting out her house in New York, for just people in general, because she didn't want to be alone in this big old house. Aww. So she was a very kind lady. Also, she was very rich. Yeah. She was very, very rich. Aww. Very rich lady. So Sante was like, that. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> so she and Kenny moved to New York for the sole purpose of getting Irene Silverman's money. Kenny moved into the house that she was renting under the alias Manny Gehring. So... July 2nd of 1998, um, false documents were made. Sante made false documents that made the claim that she was Irene. Oh. To sort of make the process a bit easier for her. Oh, no. So three days after that, um, Irene Silverman went missing. No. Yes. Not sweet 82-year-old Irene. I know. Poor Irene. Aww. This 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 is the part of it that breaks my heart cuz like why would you do that to an That's, old lady? Look, you know? That's awful. She's done some really bad things, but that was the worst. Mm-hmm. She was sad mm-hmm. and yeah. old mm-hmm. and just kind. Why does yeah. this happen to kind people? Why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know, like, man. Uh, really. I don't wow. know, man. But luckily, thank God, the staff of the house that Irene owned immediately identified Kenny as a possible suspect. Because oh. good old Kenny is not good at acting. 
Golly, he's not. not he, he came across as very suspicious. <laughs> and the fact that when he first moved in, Irene was like, "Do you have a social security card just so we can verify a few things?" And he was like, "I lost it." <laughs> like he said, he could not give it to her at that time. Oh no! So we need to work on uh, Kenny's delivery a little bit. Is oh, what no. I'm saying. Poor so, Kenny. Um, yeah, poor Kenny. <laughs> oh, um, so that's when they were like, "Hey, there's this dude named Manny." Who lived here for a while. He's not here anymore. Like he moved out. But like. Might want to look into him. So they got a police sketch of him. And Mm -hmm. if you look at the police sketch. It looks like Kenny. Mm -hmm. So they did a good job. Good job. Good police work. Great. Okay. So this is when they sort of started to suspect foul play. And they were like. Old ladies just don't go missing. You know. It's very odd. Um, Interestingly. Kenny and Sante were arrested later that night. Because they had used a bad check trying to buy a car. Uh-oh. Um, so it was like, ooh, oh no. Uh-oh. It's not good. So um, they sort of guessed that something, they might be connected to Irene's um, missing persons case because Sante was carrying a bad bag with $10,000 in it, as well as Irene's ID. <laughs> and Kenny wet his pants as soon as the police told them to stop. Oh, no. So very suspicious. Very suspicious. Yeah, that's a me. Mm-hmm. God, Kenny. Kenny's, <laughs> Kenny's not very good at this. Oh, Kenny. Um, yeah, so Kenny sort of gave the whole thing away with that. He, police said in the interview that he, that that's not something you normally do when you're just like getting arrested for a bad check. Yeah. That's more something that you do when you're you've done something much much worse than that oh yeah Mm -hmm. definitely so that's when police were like hold on wait a minute so once they started digging into sante and kenny kimes they discovered that sante and kenny had become two of the most wanted criminals in the u.s What? because of the bahamas incident okay finally because of the um california incident and partially because of the incident we're going to talk about next month uh, before they realized that it was not related Uh, so it became a very high profile case very quickly Um, there was a huge media frenzy that surrounded them and they used this as an opportunity to be very vocal and very much insisted that they were innocent 100% and you can watch like they were on Larry King live and I watched the episode they were on, and the Kenny entire and time, yeah, what? And the entire time, Sante was there in her in her jail, and she was like, "We're innocent. It's the U.S. that's making us do this. It's the corrupt police, you know, people. <laughs> and if you, as U.S. citizens, want to feel safe in your own homes, you'll save us. You oh know, oh my god, very dramatic, very convincing. And then Kenny's over there, just like <laughs> Kenny was very scary in the interview. He was like, oh. "It was not me, and it was not my mom, and you better make me." like free and i was oh. like calm down relax okay all right someone needs to change their pants kenny, like, exactly. <laughs> okay kenny calm down so like they they like used the media as a way to sort of prove that they were innocent which they were not of course mm-hmm. um sante actually changed her whole look from being very put together elizabeth taylor very nice looking she dyed her hair gray she oh. walked with a hunch she portrayed herself as the innocent grandmother so manipulative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the jury did not fall for it great luckily awesome. um so that's kind of a spoiler but we'll get into it oh, it's so okay. it's all right so 
they this is where it gets kind of blah and this is where some of our i don't want to say older our wizened listeners <laughs> might uh recognize this this is so they were on a, a 60 minutes um episode together and they were very much like close or they were holding hands and like leaning on each other oh. and like you know getting close and that's when the rumors started to surface of maybe this relationship is a little bit yeah. more base motel exactly ah. maybe it's something deeper than mother son yikes and that is mostly what they're sort of known for unfortunately during this oh. time is like this rumor about maybe something's happening there because they were i mean like I suppose you could take it that way, but also, like, I'm sure they were probably just trying to be, like, we support one another and we know we're innocent, mother and son, you know? But it came across as very... But that's the thing, because they're dishonest people Mm -hmm. trying to come up, and they were doing too much. Exactly. That's why it came off weird. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's another lesson. Don't. Don't. Just don't. (laughs) Just don't. It's, like, opposite of Nike. Just don't. Just don't. Um... So that's sort of what they became known for is like this closeness. Um, Mm -hmm. Even during the trial, they were very close. So speaking of the trial, one of the incriminating factors, just one, Mm -hmm. uh, one of the incriminating factors for the case against them was that the prosecutors found 16 notebooks written by both Sante and Kenny in which they planned out everything to the detail of how they would take irene's money oh those idiots Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they wrote it down in notebooks they did 16 of them oh my god (laughs) that's so dumb Uh uh-huh yeah i thought she was smart Mm -hmm. oh no she got cocky she got cocky she She got got very very cocky she was like i'm never going to jail again and then here we are yeah this is what happens wow um so yes they although i will say that they did not plan for murder in the books and also mm. at the time, there was no body. So people weren't really sure if Irene had been murdered by them or not. Okay. Um, but they were being tried for murder. It's just important to note that murder was not on the... Wait, so did they find Irene's body? No, they still they haven't. They still haven't? Mm-mm. And the, and then they Kenny and them won't tell or anything? Um, we'll get into that. Oh, okay, okay. We'll get into that. <laughs> I'm really concerned about Irene. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I really was too. Um... Bless Irene. But yeah, so they, they, they found the 16 notebooks. They Everything had been planned down to the detail, but there was no plan for murder in the notebooks. Mm. So then in May 2000, because our court system is super slow, they were found guilty and sentenced to more than 120 years in prison. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're mm-hmm. not getting out. No, no. Um, That's one, right. one juror that they interviewed in the documentary said that Kenny in particular was very disturbing at this time because he would laugh and talk during the verdict. So he was kind of going off the deep end, I think. Oh, no. Um, And he went even more off the deep end in October of 2000, where during an interview, Kenny held a reporter hostage with a pen and threatened to stab her. And that remained for four hours. He was in the building with the reporter Finally, he did let her go when he sort of came to his, like, his senses. He was like, oh, gosh, this is not good. Yeah, this is not good so for the image. he did let her go. She was unharmed. But Kenny, obviously, was struggling Yeah, with some yeah. demons. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so then 
we're getting to the end of our story. In June of 2001, they were extradited to California for Kasdan and his murder. Um, I'm not quite sure how many years they got, but it was added on to their sentence. And I know they avoided the death sentence because Kenny didn't want his mother to be murdered, so he admitted to everything. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. Um, They were not tried for the Bahamas murder, which I think is bad yeah i think they should have been tried for that as well but Mm -hmm. um authorities did not push for that Hmm. so in 2014 sante died in prison oh so sad wow so sad wow um she she you know is probably for the best that she's no longer with us yeah um because who knows what she would have gotten up to oh i can't i can't remember how old she was and i'm I'm too tired to do the math, so somebody somebody do the math for <laughs> me. She was born me. in 1935? 1934, I believe. Okay, hold on. I got this. I got okay. this. Okay. So, Irene... Uh, well, well, Sante... Um, she was 80. 80. 80 years old. Sante was 80 years old when she died. Um, I think it was just old age. I can't remember if it was, like, anything medical, but mm-hmm. she did die. Um, and right after that, I found this article, actually, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh. Um, it's one that Kenny did an interview, and he was like, so I'm just going to come clean. Oh. And he revealed how he and his mother had killed Irene. Oh. Mm-hmm. So apparently they kidnapped her and, like, I think strangled her in a bathtub, and then he went and disposed of the body in a dumpster in New Jersey somewhere. And his mother cleaned up in the bathroom. That is so Mm -hmm. horrible. Yeah. Really, really bad. Really, really bad. That's like a lot of bad things have happened in the story. Mm -hmm. That's that's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. Yeah. I mean, these two are messy, I think is what we can say. They're messy individuals. And I think, um, you know, we were kind of joking through the episode, but also they were horrible people. And it's hard to really fathom the kind of stuff that they did because yeah. you wouldn't hope that something could happen like that. I know. But alas, Sante and Kenny did it. Yeah. But Kenny says that he, uh, I guess on a lighter note, I suppose, um, <laughs> Kenny says that he is very guilty about what he did. He recognizes that he was very much under the control of his mother. Yeah. Um, very much hates his mother for what she did to him and yeah. like, um, controlling him basically so I mean at least we can say that he he's still in jail obviously yeah that's where he belongs mm-hmm. but you know at least he's remorseful which is a lot more than we could say for some of the people we talk about on this podcast yeah um so that's I guess a little positive note I suppose yeah. um well the brother's doing good though that's good <laughs> Kent Kent he uh, he actually wrote a book called son of a grifter Oh. So if y'all know the movie, I can't quite remember. I think it's Mother and Son is what the movie is called. Um, I watched part of it and it was very interesting. It's like it details Sante and Kenny's life starting in New York and then sort of going backwards, I guess. Um, Well, doing flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's very interesting. Definitely check it out. It's free on YouTube. Okay. And the link will be in the description. Um, But yeah. That is the story of Sante and Kenny Kimes. 
Wow. What'd you think? That was <laughs> quite the ride. It was very interesting and complex. And mm-hmm. while I was kind of joking through the episode, because, you know, trying to make light of yeah. something hor- like horrible events. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I'm kind of speechless. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's just a lot of stuff that you would, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's definitely an interesting case. And like, like Blair said, we kind of make light of it, but also at the same time, it's important to recognize that people were hurt Yeah. during this. So, um, you know, David Kasdan, unfortunately, I can't quite remember the name of the Bahama Bank auditor, um, but you can find it online. And then Irene Silverman, of course, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it, it breaks your heart that what happened to them happened for like such petty reasons yeah like money greed and she didn't it's like greed really yeah she didn't need any of that and it's just crazy to think that this is real Mm because it sounds like a movie it really much does like Mm -hmm. and honestly you know even though because uh what's kenny Mm -hmm. is like remorseful it's complex because you kind of feel bad for him Mm -hmm. because he was raised in that manipulative environment environment but also he was an adult yes and he definitely could have left but he stayed Mm -hmm. so it's really complex because you can't really be like ah you should have done this or should have done that Mm -hmm. it's really complex there's like a lot and i like stories like Mm -hmm. that that are complex Complex, i just wish that all that bad stuff didn't happen like Mm -hmm. gosh irene yeah bless her heart irene um but yeah, that's the story of uh, Sante and Kenny Kimes. Wow. In all ride. its glory. What a ride indeed. It was I a mean, ride. like, it, it, researching for this, it very much was a ride. And I very much am glad the documentary existed and is yeah. available because I would have been so lost without it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So thank you guys on that note for <laughs> listening. I really appreciate it. If you want to keep up to date with everything, hey, have you heard about? Check us out on Twitter. That's H-H-Y-H-A podcast, H-H-Y-H-A podcast. You'll be able to get updates about episodes, when things are coming out, clues for future episodes, even though I've already kind of teased the new one. It's <laughs> it's spicy, y'all. I think it's spicy. Yeah. Um, so definitely follow the Twitter there. Uh, definitely check out the merch store. I think, I guess we're going to have some new merch. Yes, please. Going to have some new I merch. Get some. Um, and again, all the proceeds go straight to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, especially around the holidays, you know, like good old Dominic. Ending on a good note. Yeah. Let's remember Dominic. 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 Sweet 10-year-old kid. Sweet Dominic. Doing the most. Mm-hmm. Help like- out just like Dominic. And definitely, like, if you want to, check out his, um, you know, his donate page and his link because you know help some kids yeah it's a good time yeah um also help me and donate to my patreon (laughs) (laughs) you can start at a dollar you could start at yes one dollar you'll get episodes for a day early as well as a digital thank you message from me look at how nice that is i know it's it's very sweet you guys should do that you need Mm -hmm. to do that exactly (laughs) and and you'll also get weekly updates from me so you'll be more in the know than most people on my twitter so Mm -hmm. just saying if you're into that definitely check it out get the inside scoop exactly (laughs) um if you like what you heard please leave a review on itunes that would be really great um or just share it with your friends you know tell them about hey have you heard about that's that would be a good christmas gift for me Mm -hmm. um (laughs) all right speaking of christmas uh i hope you guys have a wonderful holiday whatever you celebrate wherever you celebrate 
um, this is a good time of year to sort of reconnect with people and, you know, loved ones and just like, yeah, good feelings all around. Good vibes. Vibe check, y'all. Hope your vibes are good. (laughs) Um, I just want to say thank you so much for the great year. Uh, 2019 has been wild from start to finish. Truly. Mm. Truly, truly. (laughs) Um, And it's all thanks to you guys. So thanks so much. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Blair, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. On this wild episode. This has been great. I'm glad you had a good time. (laughs) I I was really nervous. No, I want to tell you. (laughs) No, this is so much fun. Like, I love this. Perfect. Maybe you can be back on uh, in the future. I would love to. I'll find another sneaky story. Yeah, I love to talk. (laughs) I love to listen. (laughs) Perfect. So, yeah. All right, y'all. So, again, Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Goodbye.